So I'm just going to go ahead and, and a couple of weeks ago I wanted to talk about uh, the ordinance of communion as instituted by the Lord. And, and it's significant because uh, we're going to see, um, you know, God commands us to take this ordinance, but we also can receive so much from what the Word says concerning this. And communion is taken in remembrance of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And it's the Christian ceremony which bread is eaten, juice is drunk, as a way of showing devotion to Jesus Christ. Again, you know, you're really identifying with him. You're really commemorating what he's done for us when he was sent to die for our sins. John Piper said, the purpose of the Lord's Supper is to receive from Christ nourishment, strength, hope, and joy that come from feasting our souls on all that he purchased for us on the cross, especially his fellowship. You think about communion, and you, you have the two main elements that we, that, that we talk about, which is the, the blood and the bread, but also that word communion means fellowship. It means that we can fellowship with a real God. He's alive. We can fellowship with God the Father who's sitting on the throne room in, in heaven. And, and uh, then you have Jesus seated at the right hand in his glorified physical body. Then we have the Holy Spirit here on this earth to help us. He takes the place of the unseen Christ. He comforts us. He counsels us. He, he's our strengthener, our standby, our teacher. He, he's the one that we, we need to yield to every day because except the Lord build the house, we labor in vain. Except what we're doing be sanctioned from God, it's a waste of time. So thank God. And he's wanting us not to forget the benefits of communion. Psalm 103 and verse 1 through 5 in the Amplified says, Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is what? Deepest. You know, God wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. We don't just flippantly sing these songs. But man, you know, no matter what the person to the right or left of me is doing, man, I am engaged with God at the very deepest part of my soul and spirit. And it's so good to worship God so sincerely with truth. God loves that. He said, so um, praise the Lord with the deepest part of your, your being and bless his holy name. Now listen, bless the Lord, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, And here we saw, forget not one of all of his benefits. Here's some benefits. He forgives. Now, you might get happy about this. It's okay to get happy. And and who forgives everyone. (laughs) Some of you need to be saying amen or something. I'll say amen for you. I'll say amen for me. And so, who forgives everyone of all. All your iniquities. All. Thank God for all. Seems like that should be a detergent. Is it? No wonder why I thought about it. (laughs) Okay. So don't forget, not one of all of his benefits, he forgives every one of our iniquities. He, look here, he heals each one of all of our diseases. And we can understand, we're going to be talking about that in the breaking of the bread, 
was when Jesus was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. We can receive healing from him in our soul, our body, whatever the case might be. So he heals each one of all of our diseases, who redeems our life from the pit and corruption. We, re- we sang about that today. And who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfies your mouth. Say, my mouth. And what does that mean? Your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation. You might say, you know, you're at a certain age or a certain life and certain mode. Say, people don't understand what I need. God does. He knows it all. And he says he wants to minister to you whether you're young, whether you're middle-aged, whether you're seasoned, whether you're more seasoned. (laughs) Okay, so he will meet all of our needs no matter what season we are in, our personal age, so that our youth may be renewed. It's like the eagle, strong, overcoming, and soaring. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 11, beginning with verse 23 in the Amplified. For I, Paul, received from the Lord himself that which I passed on to you. It was given to me personally by revelation by God, the Holy Spirit. That the Lord Jesus on the night when he was treacherously delivered up and while his betrayal was in progress took bread. How would you like to, you, you know everything, the whole event, all the wheels are rolling to, to um, you know, have the passion of the Christ with his suffering, his crucifixion, his dying, and then his resurrection. And he's getting to give, he, he's telling us what he wants us to do. And and it's about to happen. I think that's awesome. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, and he's talking about the bread, eat. It represents my body. I'm getting ready to break it for you. Be broken down. Do this to call me affectionately in remembrance. Oh, God has healed me so many times in my lifetime. Has anybody ever been healed by God of something? Aren't you thankful? I mean, we need to be mindful of that. We need to remember that. Similarly, when, he sup, when the sup was ended, he took the cup also, saying, This cup is the new covenant ratified and established in the blood. Do this as often as you drink it to call me affectionately, to remembrance, for every time you eat this bread, you drink this cup, you're representing and signifying and proclaiming the fact of the Lord's death until he comes again. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in a way that is unworthy, think about this, unworthy of him, will be guilty of profaning and sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. God doesn't want you just to take communion because it's the first week of the month. No, we're coming to celebrate Jesus' death, his burial, his resurrection, what, what, what the blood of Jesus stands for that remitted our sin, what the body broken reminds us for uh, helping us have peace of mind and healing in our body. And don't forget, the body of Christ is also his church. And how you treat the church, that means his individual children, could be good for you or bad for you. That means if you're gossiping, 
you could be talking behind the back of one of God's children. Let me ask you, how many have children here? How, how, how would you like Glenn be talking behind your back of your children, be talking all kinds of bad things about your children? Would that be a good day for you? Would that be a good day for him? <laughs> you know, gossip is a pretty serious thing. You know, we just, you know, if we'll just mind our own business, we got plenty to do. I, I know you, there are situations that you have to judge it uh, according to the fruit that it's producing, uh, you know, and sometimes in leadership you have to address it, but, you know, we, we're just, we don't gossip about people. We, we pray for them, right? So, let a man thoroughly examine himself, verse 28, and only when he has done so should he eat of the bread, drink of the cup. That means we examine ourselves if we have any sin in our life. We say, God, forgive me if some things maybe you know. Uh, if, if, if there's any sin of commission or something I don't know, God, forgive me. Um, you know, so it's just amazing what these elements stand for. We get a heart right and we get to eat and drink of the greatest act in history, thank God for it. For anyone who eats and drinks with, uh, without discriminating and recognizing with due appreciation that it is Christ's body, eats and drinks a sentence or a verdict of judgment upon himself, that careless and unworthy participation is the reason that many of you are weak and sickly and quite enough of you have fallen asleep into death. You know, we don't need to be putting our mouth against people. Uh, you know, that opens the door to the enemy. That brings in strife. And when, when the enemy sees strife, he brings in all, all his junk and every evil work. Verse 31, but if we would searchingly examine ourselves, detecting our shortcomings, notice it says our shortcomings, not your shortcomings. And recognizing our condition, remember, you're not saying, oh, God, this is communion time. I sure hope you change that person. Well, he's talking about you. We should not be judged and penalty decreed by the divine judgment if we judge ourselves. So the Lord's Supper is a link between the first coming and his second coming. As a matter of fact, Jesus is alive and he's coming soon. The signs are all over the place. You say, they've always been saying that. Well, it's even further than when they said it the last time. He's coming again. Amen. Communion serves as a reminder of Jesus' sacrifice for us and that someday he's going to come and rapture his church. That would be cool if he did it right now and we just go together. And, uh, you know, that, that would be awesome. But uh, I, I know that we're not going to go until he's satisfied that everybody has had opportunity an opportunity, an opportunity to receive him. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but scripture I'll get to later on. You know, he, God talks about having our name blotted out of the Lamb's Book of Life. That means everybody that has breath that hasn't even received the Lord yet is in the Lamb's Book of Life. And what you do with Jesus will determine whether you are in the Lamb's Book of Life or not. I'm in the Lamb's Book of Life. My name is written. 
man, it's sealed. I'm not going to back, back, backslide. I, I'm, 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 I know who I am. I know whose I am. And, and I thank God when he turns that page, he's going to see my name. Praise God. Isn't that interesting, though? What that denotes is God wants everybody in heaven. Everybody. And isn't it amazing? Those who reject the drawing of the Lord. You know, the word says in John that, that God the Father draws, draws people that don't know Jesus to him. It's an, it's an amazing draw. As a matter of fact, even when the word's going forth like this, he not only draws, but he gives you a desire to come to Jesus. I thank God I yielded to him a long time ago. But that's why we remember these elements. So we're always thankful that we received salvation, that we're saved. And we don't overlook his benefits. But right now, you know, Jesus, the, the elements represents Jesus his torture, his death, his resurrection, and let me give you a little picture where Jesus is now. Revelation 118, Jesus said, I am him that liveth, and I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and I have the keys of hell and of death. He went into the portals of hell and whipped the devil on his own home turf. Then he took those keys of the kingdom, and then he also turned authority over to his church. And then he said, you know what? All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Now you go, and you get this kingdom established. You, you get the gospel spread throughout the world. And the word, where it says, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth is loosed in, uh, is loosed in heaven. So there's things that we could be putting up with because we didn't say, you better stop that in Jesus' name and deal with the enemy. And because uh, in God's mind, he's already defeated. We have to enforce the victory that has already been wrought. Revelation 2.8 says, the message to the church in Smyrna, write this letter to the angel. And that, that is interpreted as pastor. Did you know I was an angel? Yes, you are. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. And uh, so, the, write this letter to the angel, the pastor of the church. You know, God speaks. Do you know God knows protocol? If God wants to get a message to a particular church, he's going to talk to leadership. First, did you know God doesn't gossip? <laughs> Something about gossip here today. But anyway... Um, this is the message from the one who is the first and the last who died and is now alive. My God is not dead. He is alive. God the Father is a person. God the Son is a person. God the Holy Spirit is a person. Three yet one. One in vision. One in carrying out the plan of redemption. Different roles for each of them, yet they're fulfilling the same plan. This is the message from one who has a sharp two-edged sword. This is the message from the Son of God, look, whose eyes are bright like flames of fire and whose feet are like polished bronze. What a sight to see. My goodness. There's coming a day, that whether you receive the Lord or not, that every knee will bow 
And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's a time that's coming. Make sure you do it before that time. Revelation 3, 7, 14 says, This is the message from the one who is holy and true. He is the one who has the key of David. He opens doors and no one can shut them. He shuts doors and no one can open them. This is a message from the one who is the amen, the faithful and the true witness, the ruler of God's creation. God is an awesome God. Jesus is alive. Revelation 22, verse 20 says, He who testifies of these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Why don't we say this together? Come, Lord Jesus. I'm ready. And if you're not, we're going to get you ready. In just a few minutes here. You don't, you don't want to be, you know, a few people here, or however many people here that the rapture happens when Jesus comes to uh, take his church where, where you'd be sitting there and say, man, I wish I had received Jesus like I had so many opportunities. Wow. What a sobering day that would be. Revelation 19, talking about Jesus. His eyes blazed like fire, like the flame of fire on his head, or many kingly crowns, diadems, and he has a title name inscribed, which he alone knows or can understand. And he is dressed, look, in the robe dyed by dipping in blood, and the title by which he is called is the Word of God, Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father in a glorified physical body, yet his word takes his place or takes the place of the unseen Christ. We don't see him here. He is there. But the word, he's called the word of God. His word is as powerful as he is. His, his name is as powerful as he is. And we get to use the name. And we get to use the word of God Did you know that when you speak the word of God, that means God is activated in your challenge or your situation? That's good to know. He's what, listen, if you believe you have received, you continue to thank you, God, for watching over your word to perform it. It's happening. I believe I have received it, and it's going to show up. Revelation 3, verse 4 says, you still have a few people in Sardis uh, who have not soiled their clothes, that is, contaminated their character and personal integrity with sin. And they will walk with me dressed in white because they are worthy, they are righteous. He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God will accordingly be dressed in a white robe, white clothing. And I will never, look, here it is. What does it say next? And I will never blot out his name from the book of life. And I will confess and openly acknowledge his name before my father and before his angels saying, he's one of mine. He's one of mine. He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the spirit says to the churches and what what he's saying to Harvest Church right now. John G. Lake said, 
it's, because, it's become easy for me to detach myself from the course of life so that, the, so that while my hands and my mind are engaged in common affairs of every day, my spirit is maintained its attitude communion with God. The reason that people do not have rich, beautiful faith is that their spirit is denied the privilege of communing and fellowshipping with the Father. All of us need to begin or increase our walk with God when no one knows what we're doing. You don't have to throw around spirituality. As a matter of fact, the most spiritual people are the most real people, authentic. They don't have to pretend they're religious. I, I, I do. I like to practice the presence of God. He's a person. I get to talk to him as my father. We pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Then the Holy Spirit brings it to pass. What a wonderful unity. You know, when we talk about um, 1 Corinthians back there, I want to just give you a few points on that because at that point, the Holy Spirit wasn't pleased with some of them because before the scriptures I had uh, read, these people were treating the communion table as a social event, you know, not discerning the elements that, that are represented, the actual blood and body of Jesus Christ that was shed and broken for us. They, they just... They didn't have any understanding. They just thought they were just going to eat and have a good time. No, let's focus on the true reason of communion. John Wesley said, I am to show that it is the duty of every Christian to receive the Lord's Supper as often as he can. You can receive communion at your own home if you're dealing with something that you just need a very, you know, vivid way to sort of help you process what you're going through, believing you have received. Because when you receive the elements, you, you, you've received forgiveness through the blood of Jesus, you've received healing through the broken body, you believe you receive it, and if you're going through a physical thing, you might want to take it every day. It's as often as you want to, just to remind yourself, oh, thank God, by his stripes, I am healed because he was wounded for my transgressions and he was bruised for my iniquities. Chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. Thank God for the word. That's the truth. Truth doesn't change. Lies do all the time. That's why my, my, my standard is the word of God because it's truth. No matter how the world you know, labels, people, and all kinds of mess out there these days. They don't know who they are. They are so confused. So they're labeling everything. Just be what you want to be. Whatever you want feel like this morning, that's what you are. I know who I am. I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I am a child of God. I am saved. By his stripes, I'm healed. Whom the Son is set free is free indeed. I am free. I am provided for. I'm protected. I'm, I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. It's not about who you are in your flesh anymore. It's about who you are in Christ Jesus. You better know who you are or the world will tell you who you are. I, it, it, I'm telling you what, it makes me so nauseous when I hear families letting their kids determine what sex they are. 
That's wrong. That's absolutely wrong. Oh, you're just spilling out hate speech now, aren't you? No, I'm not. I'm talking about the truth of the Word of God. That other stuff will mess you up. God's not confused about who you are. If he made you a man, you're a man. If he made you a woman, you're a woman. If you don't have a male role model, get around our brave men in this house. Get around our salt, uh, young adults. We have a command of Christ to remind ourselves of what he done for us. The Bible under the Levitical law in the Old Testament, an animal had to be offered every year to atone for the sins of the people. That word atone means to cover. In other words, your sins are just covered for another year in the Day of Atonement. That's why all through the rest of the year you're taking all kinds of sacrifices to help you out. But uh, thank God. I mean, Thank God we don't have to kill animals all the time and get forgiveness, you know, as a type of them taking on our punishment. Whew. That, that, that would be something. Now, I'm going to keep you serious. All right. Uh, but in the New Testament, the Greek word used to describe what Jesus did for us on the cross, it doesn't mean to cover over. It means to remit. It means to do completely away with something. It means when you and I made Jesus Christ our Lord, he didn't just cover our sin like whiteout covers your mistake. No. He remits it. He wipes it out as though it never existed. When you receive Jesus, you become a whole new creation, a whole new person spiritually. All your past is gone because you have started a whole new life. It's so wonderful to know that God doesn't hold anything against me. The day I received him as my Savior, but then also the word says as you walk along in your life, when you miss it, confess your sins to him. And he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all right unrighteousness. So this means we're not sin-stained anymore. But we are blood washed. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. 1 Peter 1.18 says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you, don't you? From that empty life you inherited from your ancestors, and the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver, but he paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Don't let the devil lie to you that you're worth nothing. You can tell what you're worth by the price that was paid for you. You were paid for by the precious blood of Jesus. You were paid for by God himself. You can't place a value on you when you know who died for you. What love the Father has that he would send his only son to live innocent, to die for our guilt, to be tortured, to go to hell for us. But on the third day, he was raised from the dead. You better get this straight. I'm saying this real loud here on, on our internet folks too. Jesus is not a way to heaven. He's the only way. He's the only truth. And he's the only life. And he's the only way you will get 
to the Father in heaven. I wonder if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life still. And you've never received him. God's drawing you to receive Jesus today. Don't put it off. I've seen tragedy happen. I'm, I, I say this, we say it all the time as a family. Oh, I wonder if they were saved. If they didn't confess Jesus as Lord and, and, and were saved, that name gets blotted out. Your name's in the book right now. But you rejecting Jesus is eternally impactful. There is a heaven to gain. There is a hell to shun. Remember these elements. It reminds us of these things. Hebrews 9.22 says, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there would be no, no remission of sin because Someone had to die for our penalty because the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God called eternal life. Someone that was like us, he had to become like us so he could die for us in our stead, in our place, vicariously taking our place. So he once, in Hebrews 9, 12, he went once for all into the holy place, that is, Jesus went into the heavenly holy of holies, into the presence of God, and not through the blood of goats, not through the blood of calves, but through his own blood, listen, having obtained and secured eternal redemption, that is, the salvation of all who personally believe in him as Savior. I tell you what, when you read the scriptures, then all of a sudden another scripture makes sense. Acts 2.38, no wonder why Peter said, repent, turn from your sins and turn to God and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, God, God you know, I know it. God does not, he doesn't ignore or overlook sin. It has to be paid for. It must be paid for. God's justice must be satisfied. Sin comes with a cost and a payment. And Romans 3 says in 10, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one go, uh, does good, not one single one, for everyone has sinned, and we've all fallen short of the glorious standard of God. And that's why you will never be fulfilled until you receive the one who's paid the price for your salvation, paid the price for your communion, paid the price for your healing. There's an aching void that no one can fill but the God who remitted all of our sins by the blood of Jesus. Thank God. Thank you, Father. Wow. Sin has devil for its father, shame for its companion, and death for its wages. Oh, how horrible our sin looks when they are committed by someone else. Let's not judge others and what they're doing. Let's pray for them. Let's judge ourselves. Amen. And finally, in the word we see in Revelation 13, 8, 
says, And all the people who belong to the world worship the beast. They are the ones whose names are not written in the book of life, which belongs to the Lamb who was killed before the world was even made. His blood made us right with God. That's what righteousness means. His blood allows us to come innocently into his presence when we have a need. His blood, or when we want to just fellowship with him. His blood gives us peace with God and provides divine protection. How many know we need divine protection these days? Thank God angels can camp around about you. You're covered every day uh, with our prayer teams and we always cover you. We should pray one for another. His blood cleanses us, purifies our conscience. His blood wiped away our shame, condemnation, and guilt. And his blood purchased our redemption from spiritual death, poverty, and sickness. His blood made all things new. We have no past. And finally, Revelation 3 says in verse 5, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before the angels. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you. And I know the question that you're placing on my heart for this congregation and all those online is simply this. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Or are you irresistibly being drawn by God to Jesus? If you pay attention right now, let's just sort of see what your heart's saying. If you don't know Jesus, God, the Word of God says that except God draw them, they can't come to Jesus. So God, by the work of the Holy Spirit, is drawing you to Jesus today. I desperately want your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, just like the Father, just like the Son, and just like the Holy Spirit. As we bow our heads in prayer today, we're going to pray a prayer of salvation. If you've never received the Lord, you're concerned that your name's not written in, in the Book of Life. I want you to pray this prayer with all your heart. And we're going to pray it with you. Congregation, let's pray. Father, come on, I'll say it. Father, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross for all of my sin. I believe on the third day you raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus, I believe you're alive. I ask you to be my Savior now. I repent which means I turn away from the bad things I did in life. I receive you as my Savior with all my heart. I receive you as my Lord. Thank you for saving me. Now we can all said in unison, Jesus is Lord. Say it again. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Would you stand please?